Hey, this is Jeremiah Harding. This is Moment of Rage. And in honor of the 52nd episode of this show, meaning that this show is officially one fucking year old, we finally did it, even though I canceled a huge amount of the episodes. But, you know, I just wanted to pay homage to the guy who got me started. So this is a cross-post of my recent interview with Jeffrey Hahn, uh, at journalisticrevolution.com and JREV Media. He, uh, he's the one who gave me my first platform for Moment of Rage, and uh, mad props to him for, for what he constantly does in pursuit of liberty. Um, but essentially I wanted to do this to sort of pay homage and also because um, this way it'll give me some time to get a few things fired up, like my new news show I'll be doing on DLive, my news show that I'll be doing every Wednesday from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, my uh, shit-shooting Sunday that I do every Sunday, same time as that, my fundraising Friday, which I'll be starting relatively soon. Th this is going to be a ramped-up content production schedule, and I'm going to make it worth it for my Patreon f uh, followers, subscribers, and longtime fans of everything that I do, but... Essentially, I wanted to uh, I wanted to devote this episode to Jeffrey. So, this is that. I hope you enjoy. So, without further ado, this is Jeffrey Hahn. He co-owns with Robert Wasman the uh, the site's journalistic revolution. Where you know, disclaimer, whatever. In case I have to say this, um, I do moment of rage uh, with with Jeremiah Harding, uh, which is also now a podcast, by the way, uh, through the uh, alternative independent radio uh, site with Dean Weisner. Uh, but you can find my stuff over there. So, you know, just so you know, I, I'm not I, I'm not like anyone to like hold back because of who's doing what for me. But um, essentially, yeah, that's 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 the connection I have with the guest. I think I have to make that clear or whatever. But either way, um, he's also running a project, which we'll get into a little bit later because um, I want to discuss some other stuff with him first uh, to, to, to sort of introduce him as a person. Um, he's running a project called JREV Media, uh, which is going to be a media outlet designed to push campaigns for certain uh, like sort of revolutionary ideas. And the current campaign is Normalize Cannabis. So feel free to go check that out. Um, and it is uh, my pleasure to introduce to you Jeffrey Hahn. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what made you anti-statist to begin with uh, and what led you to try and start these two projects, Jeffrey? Yeah, well, uh, first let me uh, say thanks for having me on. Um, it's been a while since I've been able to get onto a show, just been pretty busy. Um, I started out uh, well, just like any typical statist um, you know, believing in the government, you know, growing up, because that's what you're force-fed through the indoctrination centers. And, uh, you know, 9-11 happened. Um, my uh, uh, partner and I, uh, we discussed uh, basically just the future at one point after 9-11 and kind of got into this idea that, you know, uh, I should join so I can get some experience under it because, you know, something was coming. Um, at this point, I was still more independent, not libertarian, because it wasn't really talked about at that point, um, especially in Florida. Uh, so I joined the military. I was infantry for uh, three years, and then I did cyber intelligence for three years. Um, it was after I got out of the military, uh, Robert actually introduced me into the trivia method of critical thinking, which is a way to uh, basically uh, process information so you come to the correct most truthful uh rhetoric that you can actually use in the real world well once i learned this process um i started looking at my grammar and realized that pretty much a lot of definitions that people use are wrong and that you actually have to go back to the root definition of a word to really see how how it's evolved over time and how people have changed it to twist the truth so once i learned this i quickly i mean very quickly i became an anarchist because i mean that's if you're looking for the truth and you're you're using objective reality and going down that process anarchism is the only way to be and so that kind of got me into that got me into writing doing a lot of articles i wrote a couple articles on taxation is theft um a couple or an article on um policy enforcers um and what their real role is and how they're not here to protect us but really only to 
to enforce the policies that are pushed upon us. So that's more of you know journalistic revolution. It's our our political aspect. It's our 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 passion because you know that's that's where things are really uh, bad in in the world. So from that, um, we uh, we uh, Robert came from Florida to Washington State because uh, that's where I ended up after the military. And we tried to get into a producer processor license um, to become a rec shop, uh, any way to get into the industry here in uh, Washington. So when those fell through, we kind of figured out, well, we were really into you know activism and doing content and creating things like that. So we decided to start this uh, business, JRED Media, where we do you know photography, video, uh, music, uh, music videos, we you know pictures, reviews. Um, we have a couple different shows on YouTube, um, like Confessions of a Bud Tender, where we get bud tenders from the area and we blur out their face and we kind of digitize their voice in a sat uh, satirical way and have them talk about you know their issues or what they don't like about the industry and stuff like that. Um, we've done a couple other um, educational uh, shows um, and we're currently in the works uh, with a couple different avenues to branch out to do a couple different new shows and stuff like that so but our main focus for JRO media is that normalizing cannabis because that the plant cannabis you have hemp and then you have your the marijuana uh, both of those have evolved with us the cannabinoids that we use and uh, that we have in our system no other animal has as many as that we do that can use that the plant as much as we do uh, for the benefits stuff like that more and more research is coming out showing the benefits of cannabis, of CBDs, of THC, THCA, all the different variations and how the different terpenes in the plants provide different effects for us. And so it's, it's amazing to see some of the technology and advancements that are slowly starting to come out um, in the places that are legal. So, I mean, because our, our goal, like I said, is to normalize cannabis to where one day I can grow something in my backyard, go get on a plane, travel to another country, walk up to someone who also is growing and we swap plants and just, you know try them out like that's that's the future i want to see um, and then on top of that like the hemp market a lot of country or states have hemp as illegal well hemp you can turn into hempcrete oil uh clothes rope uh the, you can get cbds from it the amount the amount of stuff you can do with hemp and marijuana uh is i mean it, it's it's a shame that it's been illegal um, for as long as it has. I mean, even Thomas Jefferson said that hemp was a, nece a necessity uh, for the security of our country, but yet it's highly illegal because it has CBDs in it. Um, so that's pretty much what Robert and I have been doing for the past about over a year now. Um, we've been to most of the events here in Washington State. We're branching out um, over the last let's say about four weeks, I've had to learn PHP and JavaScript on the fly to finish our website, which we went live with this past weekend. So if anyone's interested, it's jrevmedia.com. Uh, we have our uh, portfolio section, so you can kind of see what we do, but our main our main focus is going to be uh, creating articles, um, and we have a Q, uh, question and answer section for uh, anyone who joins up with our site. And we, we're forming this private trust community where you agree to be a private member, um, and your focus, again, is to normalize cannabis, provide real education, or to get answers. If you're not sure about something, you know, go ask a uh, question, and we'll try to get it answered. Um, or we're going to be working with uh, other producer processors to try to get them on uh, to answer questions and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff um, in the works. Uh, on top of that, about four weeks ago, I stopped working on my book so I could get this website finished. Um, and I'm about chapter seven on that. Uh, I have about 30 chapters, I think, to go, or that's roughly where I'm going to be ending at, about 30. So I still have a long way to go on that. Uh, but that one, that book is kind of dealing with everything that we've talked about um, so far, the, uh, the activism, the stuff like that. So that's pretty much what I've been up to. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, thanks for introducing yourself. Uh, that was a very thorough introduction. So I, I want to get into the military a little bit because oh. uh, a lot of the time what we're told is that if you haven't been in the military, you can't effectively talk about it. Uh, so I, I want to get your perspective 
on why you're an anarchist even though you were there or maybe it's because you were there yeah um i don't think i think i was already down that path uh to begin with uh growing up uh i hated the far left uh just the the stuff they wanted to push it seemed more like slavery than anything else but then i hated the far right the super religious who wanted to bomb people and hurt people just because of some ideology that they had. So kind of always hit that middle ground. Um, I think uh, then I, I went into libertarianism, uh, then went into the military. And then while I was there, I mean, you know, when you join, it's that sense of pride. It's the, you know, that, that sense in duty or sort of, at least for me, but I, a lot of people are like that. And, you know, they're lied to. You're, you're, you're force fed this, patriotism and this nationalism from birth and you kind of then you you say oh no we're being attacked and so I want to join and once you join you're actually signing your life away I mean you literally sign your rights away and if you try to just leave you're pretty much screwing yourself up for the future because you know you go AWOL you get that on your record dishonorably discharged and People won't want to hire you just because of that. There's a lot more legal issues, you know, dealing with it. So um, I, I feel bad because there's I have several infantry friends that are actual anarchists and they became anarchists after they got home. Um, and they're along those lines where they don't trust the government. They don't believe in the government. But, you know, it's it's the way it is. You don't really uh, choose when to wake up. So but as far as, you know, those people who say you don't live it, well, I mean, anyone can understand rights and if you understand rights and you know how rights apply to everyone and how they are shared equally then you can see how what we're doing overseas is wrong you can see that going overseas and bombing people and having that collateral damage and all of that stuff does nothing for our freedoms here uh, at no point are are we better than we were 10 years ago in fact i would say that we are way worse than we were 10 years ago and that's just because of all the wars. And then imagine all the innocent people in those places, because you, you can't tell me that every single person, every single child, woman, man, you know, any, every there that's there is a terrorist. It's just, I mean, it's just not true. Um, and then even when they're using the definition of terrorism, um, it actually came from um, a government's actions against the populace. The, the root definition of terrorism is a government. The governments are terrorist organizations. Um, by the definition, and you know, sophists have changed that. So now it's this individual is a terrorist. Well, now we can say now all these brown people are terrorists, so it's okay to bomb them. And then to fund bombing them, the politicians have to steal money from people. So now you're saying theft is being used for that. So it's it's all like once you understand rights and you kind of get to that point, it's easier to see how it's wrong and how wasteful it is, and and not actually doing anything for us yeah and you know it's 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 an interesting set of statements you've made so far because you said that uh that 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 marijuana was illegal because of the cbds but i would argue that that's an a, a sort of generous way to put it because if you have a a plant that can do as much as as marijuana can um, why not make it illegal so that you can protect the corporations that have protected your interests and that have all they've asked for is military adventurism and a nanny state at home? You know, why not just, you know, preserve everything the way it is and, and be resistant to change until you can control that market in a very isolated way and people will thank you for legalizing the product? I mean, that, that seems to me m much more likely how it is and it seems like that's that's the reason that the military gets to do what it does because people don't think about the costs they're just happy that they don't have to think about it so yeah. like i, I yeah. don't know that that's that's the way i would see it is it yeah. like so so i mean when when the military spends money hand over fist and that money is basically robbed from the future generations um how how were the family people, the more family-oriented people in, in your unit or in your um, in, in your workspace uh, sort of responding to that? Were, were they okay with this sort of expenditure? Yeah, I mean, some of them, like, when we'd get into um, 
like garrison work or getting ready for things. I mean, people all the time talked about how wasteful it is and stuff like that. And sometimes we would say, uh, because of the way the budgets were done, that if you didn't use all your money, uh, that money was then swept from you. So come towards the end of uh, biennium or that year, all of a sudden you'll see units start to waste tons of money just so that that budget doesn't get reduced for the following year. Because they might not have needed it right then and there, but the following year they probably would need it. So you get waste like that. Um, and it, usually for ones that, are, that become more anti-war, that just don't like it, they tend to get out or they kind of just put their head down and finish it out. Um, but, you know, most people, when you get down to it, most people, I think, are more independent and libertarian anarchist in general. Um, once you talk to them on an individual basis and, you know, you're like, well, this is a right and this is a right. Um, and again, the government doesn't teach rights. They at no point do they ever tell people what rights are or um, do they even care? So um, at least for the military, like I said, it's you got some people that, you know, just want to go kill and they're the true sociopaths or psychopaths um but then you have other ones that you know they get in and after four or five years they're like you know this is not what i wanted this is you know i was lied to and so they uh leave uh, as far as um the marijuana hemp and cbds i agree with you that it all it's all about control um i was only really mentioning the cbd aspect because uh recently the california um supreme court uh sided with the dea and fda that uh since cbds falls under the cannabis plant um they can make hemp illegal um just because it has cbds in it so there's there's some reeling going on with the hemp industry and that was about two weeks ago i think is when the the courts decided so the hemp industry is currently appealing that um but dealing with cannabis the prohibition actually started with a marijuana tax of 1937 signed in the law by fdr um basically they you know just to tax it to keep you know stealing money from people because it was being used a lot um, in 1969, Timothy Leary, um, the famous professor who uh, focused on like LSD and shrooms and other psychedelic drugs, he was arrested for violating the Tax Act in Texas. Uh, fighting that prosecution, he uh, won a landmark victory overturning that marijuana tax. Um, so that went to the Supreme Court and it was a huge win. Well, within the year, the federal government enacted the Controlled Substance Act of 1971, which started all the classifications and started the drug war, um, basically eliminating the ability to grow cannabis or use it in any positive way. Um, and we all know what that's led to. Um, and it was in uh, uh, Obama in 2014 signed the Agricultural Act, allowing uh, states and universities to start researching the benefits of hemp and hemp production, which is ridiculous that it's only at that point, but um, that's kind of where we're at right now dealing with laws. Right, and and of course uh, on that level, they, they'll categorize something so that their bureaucracy can keep it away, but they'll categorize as much of the things with that thing uh, so that they can sort of file it away under a shelf and that way people don't get to ask questions about like why will, why is this illegal it makes rope well yep. because it has this stuff in it that we don't like yep. so i mean it it really speaks to the irrationality of the state well yeah i mean then it then you just again follow the money the alcohol tobacco textiles oil uh, all of them are threatened by cannabis um cuz you can produce all that stuff with hemp uh the pharmaceutical companies with thc and cbds um those have like huge effects on on positive effects on you know ptsd and other issues um like i had two hip surgeries uh and that's one, one reason why i got out of the military and i have a herniated disc in my back from my time and i used to take percocets all the time because the military hands that stuff out like candy well i don't take percocets anymore i i don't drink i only i only do cannabis um and it helps me maintain and you know have a productive life right well, and, and, and it helps a lot of people have a productive life, mm -hmm. but I, I do think that's sort of part of the problem, is that we have to justify it to these group of, this group of thugs with their corporate connections, like, it gives me a productive life. Well, th th they're, 
they've got two ends of like you know economy that they can control in that aspect they can say well you you you're more productive on this so we'll let you have it for now and we won't give you a citation or whatever even though you have to throw out the stuff you just spent money on but then like you're productive so the elites like you better because you're 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 hunkered down like i I, I think that that's a real tra- tragedy that people can't just, you know, consume what they want as long as they don't aggress against anybody because they have to claim that they're still productive to a group of people that is ultimately a parasitic organism on the future of mankind. Yep, and I, and I agree. Um, it's all it's all about the voluntarism and uh, moving forward with that stuff. But, you know, the government doesn't care about that. The policy enforcers don't care about that. They're... They're just gung ho and you know want to violate rights because that's that's for the most part what they do. Um, they don't uh, they don't actually care about the people. You know, it's like I care about you so much that I'm gonna stop you from ruining your life by smoking weeds, by killing you or throwing you in jail because that'll teach you and help you. Yeah, well, and and it'll teach you and help you grow into a criminal organization. Yep. Unless you get religion. <laughs> right. Like, isn't that funny how the criminalization of weed suddenly there's a large amount of criminals out there? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing as like the prohibition days. Uh, it, it only caused the violence. It only caused more hardship on the economy. Um, I mean, the government uh, purposely poisoned alcohol and, you know, 10,000 people were OD'd off of it. And they were doing the same thing with drugs. So, a lot of times when you hear people that OD, you know, or a, it's a rash, you know, a whole group of people that start ODing off of a product, it's because the government probably tainted it. Um, and then, because they only want their approved drugs coming in. They only want their crack and cocaine uh, coming in through the CIA. They don't want other people's stuff. They hate competition. Right, right. They hate competition, especially when that competition is something that you can grow in your backyard. I think right. the simplicity is something that they really dislike. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hemp, like like you know Jefferson said, hemp is is that necessity. To me, I think it's it's critical in our need for self rule, to not needing a government, not needing uh, that control uh, over everyone. I um, mean, it's it's a disservice for you know. Uh, to, to society as a whole because you know a lot of people they'll say oh I don't I don't trust people well then why do you want people controlling your life I mean it really the more government you want usually it's because you trust people less you know I, I don't trust these people to do the right thing I don't trust these people to take care of their employees so let's force it well that that's counterintuitive you're not you're not helping anything you just make things worse because if you force things and other people can force things and it becomes all subjective and then the sophists win and no one wants sophists to win. <laughs> well, right. And and that that's the other part. So when you were in the military, did you get the feeling like you were connected to the to, to the process or did you fe- get the feeling like it was a bureaucracy with a shit ton of levels? Yeah, it was bureaucracy with a shit ton of levels um, for the most part. And, you know, like, we kind of learn, at least I learned, just keep your head down, you know, you know, just do your work and, you know, move forward, do some training. Luckily with infantry, there is good training. Like I, I actually loved a lot of the training. Um, I enjoyed some of the people I worked with or was, uh, uh, stationed with. And, uh, so th- those are good aspects of it, but, uh, the grand scheme of thing, it's not, it's not good. I mean, it's a waste of money. We shouldn't even have a standing army. I mean, it, it, at most, it was supposed to last, like, what, three years? And it's lasted way longer than that. Um, and now, you know, since the income tax, we've we've had nothing but foreign wars. I mean, I guess that's better than having it on American soil. But honestly, if we are going to have a war and I'm going to be in a war, I'd rather it be here. So then I can, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm actually protecting my home instead of being the aggressor. Well, right. And and factually, it is worse if, if it happens overseas, because the people who support the troops and rah, rah, they're not connected to the actions. They're not they don't actually know what they support or why they support it. They just know that uh, that that they're they're trying to be as as, as good a citizen as possible, mm-hmm. at least in, in some cases. A lot of the time, like in my experience, 
people who quote support the troops do it to virtue signal and they're yeah. really just there so that they can get like approval Kudo from point. their peers yeah yeah and uh, and a lot again a lot of people don't understand the flag they don't understand what government really is they don't understand the definition of government and that it is you know it means control and if you're being controlled you're not free um most of them you know i i always love I always love uh, bringing this example up. So, you know, you're talking about these people and super status, the rah, 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 America, you know, they call themselves patriots and I'm a patriot and da, 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 da. Well, you know, it, patriot, the root definition, and this is where I love uh, how words play out, but the root definition of patriot means fellow countrymen. Country is a landmass controlled by a government. So if you love your country, you love your government. That's just using the definitions of the words. Uh, so, but however, uh, patriot in the 18th century also meant uh, a fascist disturber of the government. Our founding fathers were fascist disturbers of the British government. They were not fellow countrymen. They did not rah, rah, rah the British government. They, they fought against them. Uh, so patriots are fascist disturbers of the government. If you want to use it how our founders used it, they're not, they're not fellow countrymen. You know, the, the fellow countrymen today are modern day redcoats. I mean, we can call them blue coats now, uh, since that the thin blue line mentality, the blue ISIS. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's one example I love to bring up to them. Uh, to those. Types so of why don't you describe the trivium method of critical thinking? Okay. That's something you use a lot. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, I use it every day, every moment of my life, and the more you use it, the easier it becomes. Um, so the trivium method of critical thinking is a way to basically use your critical thinking skills and it's a process it's input output or input processing output your grammar your logic and your rhetoric uh, your grammar is your uh, your facts your objective realities your root definitions your common vernaculars the context the you know you you try to get everything uh, that you can um, all the information that you're going to need uh, and then the logic aspect is where you remove your inherent contradictions, your logical fallacies, you recognize your cognitive biases, um, removing some of them when they are logical fallacies, uh, addressing any paradoxes. You go through that fixing your information and then the rhetoric is the, the output, the, the actionable intelligence that you've been able to produce that you can actually use in the real world. Um, so. Uh, you go through this process on anything and at any point if you get new information you have to start back over so if someone you know approaches you and says you know uh, black holes and neutron stars and dark matter don't exist well most people are going to go whoa 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 that's 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 crazy talk well if you actually start drilling down and use the trivia method of critical thinking you actually find out that it's true and so it's it's just really interesting how how things can change uh, your perspective on life and reality by using this process in your everyday. And I like, like I said, I, I use it on everything at any point where if I get new information and I'm not sure about, I look up the root definition of a word. I look up the definition of the word and figure out if I'm using it properly. Uh, because again, most people use definitions incorrectly. Right, and and part of that that's that's interesting uh, is is that people don't look at where the word comes from. Mm -hmm. They don't look at how the word was originally intended to be used. There's an extension you can get, and it's it's for a site that I've used so many fucking times to to really like nail down issues. It's called Online Etymology Dictionary, yep. and you can use the extension that they have. Just double click a fucking word, and 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 it'll let you search it. Or you can like click the upper right like thing in the extension bar and you can get like e so easy access to the information. Yep. Um, yeah, I, and that's, that's actually what I use, Etymology Online. Um, that site is fantastic for a uh, resource for looking up definitions. And I'm like, even in the middle of debates, I'll stop and I'll just like, while someone's still talking and I'll just look up the, the definition of a word going, oh, no, you're using that incorrectly. And right. <coughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sort of like anarchy, you know, anarchos. Yep. It's yep. if you oppose archons, you're an anarchist, you know, point blank. And if you don't oppose archons, you want to be ruled. So when you make it that really easy binary, a lot of people have an easier time grasping it to begin yeah. with. And I always have to preface when I tell people I'm an anarchist. I'm like, I'm not the type of anarchist that you see on the TV breaking shit and violating private property. And I was like, they aren't anarchists. 
They're just confused fucking status. <laughs> well, and you can break property and be well, an I said, anarchist. I, but I, you... I said private property because then you're violating someone else's rights. Like you're not smashing the state. You're not via. You know, you're not. You're not standing against them. You're just. You're breaking someone's fucking window and you're violating their right to their well, property. My my thing about that is messaging. It sends a really bad message and like even yeah. this really bad image of uh, of what of what the ideas could be used for. Um, you know, but if if you are smashing a corporate storefront, it does make some sense if you consider corporations and their government allies to be somewhat in bed with one another. It's it also it's punching down because some poor like wage slave is going to have to clean that up. They're not going to say workers of the world unite if you're fucking smashing in the window that they have to use in order to not be like fired. They're not going to yeah. say they're not going to say join your workers revolution if the first thing you like it's 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 part of this propaganda where like oh man, I've seen it so many times in movies and TV shows where the revolution starts and like somebody's store gets destroyed and they're just like, "Well, Yep, I've been waiting for something like this to happen. I guess I'm going to go smash some other stores with these people because fuck everything. That's not how most people think. Most no. people are goddamn complacent. So if you want to smash the state, you have to do it on a level where people will not only understand but respect your decisions. So why don't you fucking smash a window at the Federal Reserve, you fucking coward? Yeah. Like, that's that's what I have to say yeah. to these people. And and, and I agree. Um, I've, I've actually got into screaming matches with Antifa members in Olympia, Washington. And we're looking at the Capitol and, you know, they're, they're talking that we need to, you know, do this and do that. And I'm like, but the Capitol's right there. The building is right there. If you want to do real change, go fuck that thing up. Go destroy that. Burn that thing down. Everyone will cheer you. Will accept the super status, but you know I don't really care about their thoughts and opinions. <laughs> well, and 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 like, see that's that, that's the real shit though. People don't like look at why things are the way they are. Um, they they, they look at they they look at an unpleasant situation and they look at it and they say, well, I want this changed. And I'm willing to do anything to change it. And then they don't put a filter on that anything to actually make sure it's changing shit. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the and that's the whole problem is that most people you don't again you don't know how to you know think critically. People aren't taught that. They're not taught rights. They're not taught any of that stuff. And that's one reason why I've been writing my book um, to to show people what it means to think critically, to walk them through the process, to explain rights in detail, to show how it works in the real world, um, to go through this entire process. Um, because since the time of Plato and Aristotle, sophists have taken over. They've taken over and they use rhetoric to control. And that's, that's the world they live in. They don't care about logic. They don't care about grammar. They don't care if any of their stuff is true. They only care about winning an argument, and well, feeling it. like they won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and but that's that's the realm of a sophist is that they're they don't care about the truth. They don't care about objective reality. They just want to control. Um, so it's 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 screwed up. There's a lot of people out there like that, and it's more about trying to teach people and make people aware of the this global stage that is being played out and they're on stage and they don't even realize it and they're yeah. being controlled. So we had a few questions in the chat already. Uh, the guy had to go, but uh, he had a few questions and I, I want to ask, uh, convey some of these questions to you. Sure. Um, first off, he, he made a couple statements. He said, I joined because of a sense of duty, but I was foolish. You're basically a tool for mega corporations. If someone wants to be patriotic to liberty, not a nation state, they should join a militia. Join as in train with trusted friends and family only. Avoid the bigger groups or state-sponsored ones. There's no need to join a bigger group. Um, and he also asked what your military occupation skill was. Um, yeah, and so I, and I agree with that. I'm all for militias. I wish militias were more of a thing. I mean, I hate the idea even that uh, the president in the federal government has control of National Guard. I mean, that should be at a state level. I mean, that would be almost like your state militia. Um, if you wanted to de start to decentralize things, you wouldn't even have to get rid of them. You could just be like, hey, you know, you're for the protection of the state, and that's it. You don't go outside the state. You don't go beyond it unless it was to help protect another state from some type of attack. 
Um, but again, I think right. our, our future is is more uh, uh, beyond that type of mentality. Like I think we're getting to a point where we are going to see a a macro evolution jump, and we're going to witness that. And that's more dealing with science and the electric universe and stuff that's coming up over the next couple of decades. Uh, but uh, I, yeah. Um, and then as far as my military, um, like I had said earlier, I was uh, in the army um, and I was infantry. Uh, for three years, and then I did signal intelligence and cyber intelligence for three years. All right, and so so you know about then uh, the sort of like you were on the surface level of the Five Eyes sort of information yeah, gathering, a, right? I had a top secret clearance, um, and but my focus was the defensive army networks. So, but I did have full range and full access to most of the information. I mean, like I said, there's. There's secret information out there that they don't keep open on the TS network, and then it's off storage and stuff like that. So you can't really get to it unless you have like you're the only one with access. Right. So, so you watched the spying happen before Snowden revealed it, then, or or were yeah, you not um, in then? I was in. Uh, so I got out at the beginning of 2013. So uh, one of the big things that we went through was when Manning uh, released just the, a whole bunch of information when he grabbed or she, whatever, uh, grabbed a whole bunch of stuff and just threw it out there without caring or scrubbing the information. Um, and I remember having to go through and there was a lot of cyber stuff that was in there. So we had to do a whole bunch of work to change all the names of uh, things that were we were connecting to because of what was released, but it didn't really do much beyond that. Um, you know. Yeah, so like, what kind of like I know you can't say too much in this regard, but what what kind of thing would you see uh, when you were sort of observing the data coming in? Um, it was mostly uh, the focus was only other governments. Um, they didn't really care. Like uh, anonymous was viewed as like a low, like a, not a threat. So they didn't, we didn't really deal with them. Um, we could. Any attack that Anonymous tried to do, or at least uh, was talked about, um, was easily bypassed um, with the networks. Really, it was other countries trying to gain access to the networks, you know, um, through exploitation or um, social engineering, things like that. You know, the stuff Kevin Mitnick used to do in the 80s, in 70s or 80s, I forget what year, um, or maybe the 90s. But yeah, so it, that's pretty much, I mean, it's again, it's just, State governments against state governments is the main the main thing that's going on. Okay, so what would you say um, to somebody who is considering enlisting to try and get them to not enlist? Like, give me like a five or ten sentence blurb. Um. Well, it, it's really it's you. What are you joining for? I mean, because in the grand scheme of things, if you think that there's a war coming and you want to be prepared for it. The best way to prepare for that is to start training like you're in a war, and to do that is to you know join the military because they they you know they do it all the time. So it, it kind of is like I'm I'm not opposed to people joining. It just depends on what the reasoning is and what they're willing to do to a point. Because eventually you're going to be asked to do probably stuff that would violate people's rights. So I mean in the uh, it, I would prefer people not to join, but I'm not, you know, that's, that's a personal choice. Um, I just tell what you can do and can't do and uh, really what uh, uh, they would, could expect out of it. Because they're not going to get that sense of patriotism that's going to probably die quickly. That, that idea, uh, it's, it'll probably burn off if you're at any hesitant about doing it. Um, Right, like, and and when I was considering joining, which I'm really glad I didn't, uh, when I was considering joining, uh, one of the things that, that, that chiefly popped up in my mind was, uh, well, two major things. Uh, I was sort of like rec a recovering neocon, and mm. I didn't want to work for Obama, and like, <laughs> there, there was that part of it too. So like, one of, the, one of the ways that I say it is, do you want to work for Trump? Because ultimately, he's, he's yeah. your commander-in-chief. Um, and and I and I also sort of had this thought. I don't know these people. Why do I want them dead? And do if I don't want them dead, you know, why am I going to go join this organization and help people kill them or kill them myself? And it really fucking bugged me. It, it, my, that thought might have been one of the first things that started to lead me 
to um, anarchy in the first place, to libertarianism, yeah. certainly. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, how? so you were working under Obama, right? Uh, yeah, so I joined in 2003, so I was actually under Bush, right? Yeah, Bush. Um, and then it branched into Obama, when did he, 2008, I think. So uh, I kind of, I was in with both of them. Yeah, because yeah. cause, cause, uh, Bush had, well, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to relook that up. But I think Bush was um, 2000 to 2008. Yeah. And Obama 2008 to 2016. So I was the, 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 I left the military shortly after, you know, within a year or two after Obama um, took office. Right. Okay. So, so with that in mind, uh, how did the people around you react to his choices? Uh, well, you could definitely tell that there's some racists in some of the groups, uh, but it was, I think it also had to deal with the fact that he was a leftist and a globalist and, you know, it was just a lot of issues. I mean, he won a Nobel Peace Prize before even becoming, doing anything, and then he went on to slaughter probably the most people any president has done, minus, you know, dropping some nukes. <laughs> yeah, of course. That that's that's so far. There's always a uh, opportunity to get to the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's I think that's what Trump might be doing because like no, but no, no, none of the Republicans who called Obama the drone president were very concerned about Trump's drone use while he's overusing them and like well over the rate that that Obama, Obama did. Well, I've always said Trump is Obama 2.0. Um, it, we were going to get the exact same thing we were going to get with Clinton. Um, just with a few differences. And, you know, I always find it humorous when, you know, so-called libertarians or anarchists uh, backing Trump and stuff that he does and is cheering him on. And I'm like, but why? Like, I mean, do you hate private property? Because to build the wall, you have to violate private property. So you can't, you can't respect private property, but then be okay with violating it. Um, and then, like, you know, freedom of movement. You know, a wall definitely violates that. So, it, and then the theft that you have to do uh, for the money to secure the funds to build the wall, there's just multiple levels of violations that Trump does. And it's the same with any of the presidents. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're, all, they're all rulers. They're not, they're not leaders. They're rulers. And people need to understand that, that, you know, uh, back in the old times when, you know, Plato, Aristotle, and they talked about philosopher kings, well, a king at that time meant a ruler or a leader. It was kind of a, a mix. And uh, I think that we've, we've progressed enough that we can make that determination saying a leader is someone that we all want to follow voluntarily while a ruler is someone that we're forced to follow. And that's slavery. I mean, we are, right. we are officially slaves. And when people are like, oh, we're not slaves. You have more freedom. Why don't you move to another country? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, uh, there's a difference. And I'm like, you don't have to have chains be a slave not all field slaves had chains not all house slaves had chains like you can still be a slave and not have chains and people yeah don't... you know that's why i like the tax cattle analogy because i think it cuts closer than slavery because they're they're not treating us like humans they're treating us like numbers yeah, you know churn cattle. them out yeah tur churn them out like like feed them feed them some some cheap grain that you manufacture through monsanto Get them like just smart enough to operate the machines, but just dumb enough to not look at no, look around and see how it works, you know. And and make sure that uh, that whatever freedom they have is only limited uh, to 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 how productive they can be, how how much uh, they can still produce for the system. Yep. And no, you're actually you're spot on with that. Um, and it's it, you all have to look at our current education system. Um, so our current education system is actually comprised of two components. Um, one, Inclios Paideia, um, which is the, a, um, like the Holy Trinity, it's, it's the great chain of being, it's where they created a circle of knowledge during like the medieval times to put people in so they were easier to control. And uh, Inclios Paideia is actually the root word for encyclopedia. Um, so that's all actually used to keep people inside basically a little circle so that they are smart enough to do work but not smart enough to think for themselves. Um, and then on top of that, we have the uh, Prussian education system was all about blind authority mm -hmm. and obedience. The school system. Exactly. So our, our education system is actually a combination of both. 
and people don't realize that. Well, and I talk about this all the time, the Prussian school system, the imported Prussian system of indoctrination and control designed to get people to run toward bullets. But uh, why, don't, why don't you expand on that uh, a little yeah. bit? Because I think well, hearing it from somebody other than me would be helpful. <laughs> well, the, the Prussian education system, they uh, I mean, the whole, the whole society was based on militants um, and being able to win wars and being hired out to other countries and stuff like that. Well, their entire system changed after they lost to um, during the Napoleonic Wars, um, and Napoleon decimated them. Well, the the politicians back at their their parliament uh, decided that it was the reason they lost was because uh, soldiers were thinking for themselves. Well, at that point, they decided to do their complete reform on education and start pushing for that blind obedience not questioning the people above you, not questioning authority. Um, and you see that today with, you know, you have to be um, uh, polite to policy enforcers who are violating your rights. You have to be okay with them arresting you uh, or you're the one that's at fault. Well, it's like, no, asshole, they're fucking violating rights. Fuck them. <laughs> right. You know, and, and to, to really get to the heart of that issue, um, people people don't look around they're not looking at the machine and they're trying to 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 get by on a day-to-day -day basis i think one of the ways that people like start to wake up is realizing that a lot of the system is designed to protect itself and not the people that the system itself claims to protect and i think that a, a way to cut to that uh, really 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 quickly at least with a decent amount of of people um, is the people who are in a place where um, marijuana and, 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 you know, sort of cannabis products are illegal, they, they see nothing wrong with it because it's objectively fine. Um, and when the state starts to crack down on it, they, I think a lot of them realize how arbitrary it all is. So yep. I'm, I mean, it has a decent amount of impact potential when you start to really highlight that. So, uh, do you do you have any way to get through to people other than that? I I mean, to get to people, it's just I I try to teach them how to critically think. I try to tell them the process, and I try to use examples on you know how definitions are misused and not not correct and how we're being lied to on a, a huge front of issues and it's all designed to confuse people and I think once you start showing people the steps that they can do to think for themselves to actually not need a government to handhold them through life uh, they start to branch out and they see more it's kind of like when you watch a movie uh, once you've lived something uh, or are uh, educated in exactly how it really operates, you spot the issues and the errors inside a movie. Well, you can do the same thing watching mainstream media. You can see how it's all scripted. You can see how all of these mainstream media news organizations are tied to government officials and that all of the information is being scripted and all the propaganda is used to just feed your need to hate something and to keep you stuck in this little tiny circle where you produce work but you're not smart enough to get outside of it. Right. You know, and when, when th this, this scandal erupted a short while back with the Sinclair um, broadcasting group, I think that's what they were called. I don't, I don't write notes for these things. I don't know if anybody <laughs> can tell because I've been told I do this well, but I don't write notes. I just sort of try and do it off the cuff because I think that's more interesting. But Sinclair broadcast group, I think was the, uh, the, the the group of people that were exposed recently for throwing a must-read at people where uh, they literally read a news report about controlled news and it was read across the entire U.S. from many different outlets. And so you got to see, like, behind the curtain where you, you, people aren't typically allowed to go. Um, and you got to see, like the way things operate on a very factual and uh and 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 concrete level and so i think a lot of um 
a lot of this sort of thing is possible to see, but I also see nobody's talking about it anymore because of the latest Logan Paul or Jake Paul bullshit or because Trump Iran or because the two Koreas <laughs> happened. Yeah, or, or because of Russia or because the two Koreas are, are going on, like the presidents are going on fucking roller coasters together or whatever. Yeah, um, or, or not, and now they're threatening to fight. And like I said, it's all scripted. It's all fake. It's all it's all bullshit. And, and once you start seeing these patterns and seeing how things have progressed through history, you can easily start spotting how these people are really controlling things. And it's just because they create dissent. And if there's dissent, then they can have you focus on that. I mean, it's 1984. You know, they, they turned it into a manual. They, they, they progressed through it with uh, the work from Edward Bernays and his propaganda work. Um, they, they've, they have this stuff down to a science, and they're using it against us. Right. Well, and, and it's interesting you should bring up Bernays, because he had some techniques for uh, for getting propaganda out there, and one of them was making sure to appeal to people's better nature, um, you know, and get their eyes on you as sort of a moral authority. So, so do you think that the state has gotten good at making sure that what they, what they do sounds ethical? And that's part of it, or do you think people just don't give a shit anymore? Uh, I, maybe a little of both. Um, I think some people are just burnt out. Like I said, most people are kind of anarchists in general. They just want to do their work and be left alone and survive because that's all they're focused on. Because you know they're trying to make ends meet, and you know when the government is taking thirty to fifty percent of your uh, the product of your labor every year i mean you're you're paying taxes you have to pay money for a license to drive a car you have to constantly pay them to maintain it and most of that money is then wasted i mean you're talking uh, trillions of dollars just disappeared can't be accounted for wasted from the pentagon and that happened twice it was like what 2.4 trillion that they announced on uh september 10th 2001 that they couldn't account for 2.4 trillion dollars, and then bam, next day 9/11, no one ever talks about it. Then uh, back in 2016 or whenever Trump and Clinton were going to head to head, Pentagon came out and said they couldn't account for 6.8 trillion dollars. But then all of a sudden the news only focused on Trump and Clinton, and everyone forgot. It's like they've learned that people have like a month long, two month long. Uh, ability to pay attention to something and to remember it. I mean, look at like uh, the the Vegas shooting. How long? I mean, we haven't even seen full videos of it yet. I mean, they've just finally what like like the past month released a couple clips of him having a bag or two, but nothing nothing significant, nothing showing anything else. And it's like, well, where's all the where's all the proof? Where's all the evidence? There's so much linking the FBI to to horrible things like the Vegas shooting, to the Orlando shooting, um, all, all of these things, and just people ignore it. They just, they don't care. Or not that they don't care, they just don't think, no, it can't be my government. You know, my government's good. They're here to protect us. Well, no, that's the bullshit you've been lied to and force-fed since birth. Well, right. And, okay, so, so on that level, if we found information that could tie the FBI to the... Uh, to the Mandalay Bay shooting or in any of these other tragedies, uh, you know, assuming that they're not like crisis actors and I'm, yeah. you know, making my Alex Jones voice that I can say <laughs> that, um, you know, assuming that, um, you know, even if we got this information, nothing would happen. You think, okay, so you, you, you pretty much don't think anybody would be responsive to it or it, that no. their responses would have no effect. No, I think the information would come out, people would question it, a couple politicians might say something about it and demand some type of investigation. They would spend money on the investigation. Trump would fill it up with people that are going to bury all the information and nothing of good will come out of it. I mean, how much information did they need for to arrest Clinton? I mean, how much information was out there that 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 stuff was going on, that she was committing crimes, and, and look, she's still walking free. Trump didn't follow through with any of that stuff. And then you go on, like, Pizzagate. How much information is there indicating that kids, that these people that are ruling over us are tied to pedophiles and child traffickers um, like Jeffrey Epson? And so it's just, 
again, it's people don't want to, it's like too much information for them. They, they don't want to believe that they're slaves, I guess. Um, it's that cognitive bias and that cognitive dissonance that's keeping them from uh, being able to accept it. Because, you know, physically you get a physical response when someone hits that, those uh, cognitive dissonance uh, pieces. And so, you know, and people don't want to feel that I be uncomfortable or along those lines. So they kind of just bury their head in the sands and, you know, complain about certain things and then move on. Yeah, well, and they move on, I think, because there's too much to be on at any given time. And in that regard, do you think that there's an actual way out or do you think it's going to get worse and worse uh, until the eventual collapse where well, there's going to be chaos? I mean, I think it, 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 I think we're on the tipping point right now on at any moment we could see it collapse. I mean, it, how many people don't grow their own food? How many people rely on every aspect of their life dealing with the government? Well, during a disaster situation, there is no government. So what are you going to do? Um, so it, and I always I, I find it interesting, cause, you know, everyone, they call for a revolution and we need a revolution and we need this and we need that. But people don't realize that statism leads to tyranny always i mean uh plato said it to where you know he said that um uh, democracy leads to tyranny uh, but when you go through a revolution you start back over and you go through the steps again i'm like and that again it always leads to tyranny what we need is an evolution we need to evolve past the need of control we need to evolve past this need where we want other people to rule over people we need to evolve to being self-reliant self-sufficient uh but we can still do it in a community basis we can still group together in a community and work together and have leaders and have those people that want the best for the community as a whole uh and that's what we really need and we're gonna have to do it quickly because um uh if anyone knows about the electric universe you you know that our our earth shields dropping like in, right now we're down by like 20 20 percent and it's straight down um uh for its strength so here in the next year or two we might have no earth shield um the sun's shield is dropping and then we're also uh they call it the local bubble that we're entering and there's a the local glass uh gas cloud that magnetic shield is dropping um because we're entering this little tiny pocket well cosmic rays are going to hit us and cause like untold destruction i mean all volcanoes are electric in nature so when we start getting hit with this stuff it's going to get i mean storms and disasters are going to start getting intense um it, we're not going to have government you're going to have to be able to rely on yourself and be able to think through this problem because when stuff like this happened it brought us uh government and control i mean you know the old the old gods were all planets and stuff happened and disaster situations happened and people thought it was the gods getting angry and that we had to you know devote more stuff to them so we have to be cognizant that these things are coming and realize that it's not it's it's not a government it's not it's just nature and it's just something that we're going to have to uh, accept and move on uh, or we're going to you know keep finding ourselves in the exact same spot we've been in for the last like four thousand years or maybe we'll just die off as the tax yep. cattle because the, uh, the the underground bunkers have been built so that the elites can hide from shit like yeah. this while we're all up here on the surface. Well, I mean, I'd rather be on the surface because it, it, it doesn't matter that they're fucking underneath that shit because when land starts to move and uh, the ground starts to get pulled up, it won't really matter that they're there. A lot of things are just going to get pretty fucked fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right on that nice and bright note well i'm a <laughs> pessimist and a cynic so i can't right. really talk about bright notes but on that on that bright note uh, why don't you tell people again what uh, what your projects are what yeah. you what you what you got going and where they can find it yep so if you go to uh, journalisticrevolution.com um that's where we do a lot of our, our all of our political stuff um we have a bunch of different articles on you know, uh, taxation and policy enforcers on Trump on a bunch of different things. And then um, our cannabis focus is jredmedia.com. We have a whole Q&A section for people that can sign up. Um, we have a bunch of different videos and a, a lot of good content. They can check us out on our social media platforms. And then on top of that, I'm also about a quarter of the way through of my book. 
and I'm hoping to have by maybe the end of summer or now uh, towards probably towards like October-ish to have the book completed and out and published. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I hope to have you on again yeah, soon. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this has been State Smash Podcast, and uh, my name is Jeremiah Harding. This was Jeffrey Hahn signing out. Have a good one. Thank you. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io.